Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Good morning, and welcome to NABWIC Talks. Just like the commercial said, please press 1 on your phones and follow, like, and share that you're hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction this morning, listening in to NABWIC Talks. And I'm your host, Jada Williams, and it gives me great pleasure to be here with you today. But the best way to get connected and to hang out with NABWIC and find out what we're all about is to head over to NABWIC website. That's www.nabwic.org and check out our calendar, check out our website, see all the different meetings and committees that maybe you could drop in on and get more information on NABWIC and the likes synergies that we have between you and your business endeavors. Today we have an actual packed show planned for you. We are empowering women in insurance and financial services. But first, we have the studio full this morning with no other than our master builder, the founder herself, Ann McNeil. We have Ursula Odom of Sula 2, Jackie Perry of JP Associates, and Gerald, who will be stepping in the studio as well. Good morning, Ann. How are you? Jada, Jada, Jada. I tell you every time, Jada, if I were any better, I would be you. To just say that we continue to be the voice of this industry, not just the voice of black women in construction. And our mission and vision is to continue to connect strategically with organizations that are aligned with our mission and vision to help support women and girls that look like me, yes, African-American in particular, black sometimes we call that, in this industry. But this guest today, I'm very excited to hear her story. Eileen Frank, I know you're going to go through her bio, but I just want to continue to encourage everybody who's listening, please, please, please comment, like, and share the podcast, but also connect with us on all of our social media, especially our YouTube channel, because we will be moving over to YouTube as we share this podcast on all of the different platforms. But Jackie, Jada, Ursa, we're going to also begin to share this podcast on our YouTube channel. 
And I'm very, very, very excited, along with all of our leaders, to continue to lift as we rise. So, Jada, as always, let's get this party started. <laughs> yes, indeed. Let's get this party started. As Navig talks empowering women in insurance and financial services, we are going to discuss the journey of Eileen Frank this morning, right after this quick commercial break. Hi, I'm Vicki Antonio. I'm part of the South Florida chapter of the National Association of Black Women in Construction and we are excited to celebrate women in construction. What I'm most proud of about being a part of this organization is that we are a conglomerate of women who are doing great things to expand not only ourselves, but our local communities and beyond. Why it's important to support this organization is because you know the saying is that when you support a woman, you support a nation. So my name is Vicki Antonio. Please join us to celebrate women in construction. That is so true. To support a woman is to support a nation. Well, this morning we're doing just that. We empowering women in insurance and financial services. And you all know I favor this topic because I have a little background um, in insurance and financial services. So this morning we're going to discuss the journey of Eileen, of Eileen Frank. Eileen, I have a aunt, and her name is Eileen Mack. So I, when I saw this, I already knew this was going to be um, an amazing interview this morning with Eileen Frank's journey in the insurance industry, which began for her unexpectedly during her time at Dillard um, University in New Orleans. She has grown and self-educated, and Eileen's determination led her to life-changing interviews with Chubb LTD, where her commitment to self-education paid off. She embarked on a successful career, later founding J.P. West, a thriving brokerage and risk management consulting firm in 2000. Good morning, Eileen. How are you? Good morning, and I have to say this is so exciting. I've been following the organization and the work of NABWIC for a while, and it's even more exciting because you called me Eileen Mack, and I'm from the Mack family. My great-grandmother and her family were Mack. We are native New Orleanians. My grandmother was a Mack. My mother's mother was a Mack. And the company, our company is called J.P. West, and I take great pride in telling everybody that this company is named after my mother. That Mac, From that Mac, my mom died very young. She was only 33, and we were children. But she left us with such a legacy and so much direction. I marvel to this day at the things she taught us as children to be prepared and to take with us along the way. I'm thinking, how did she know to tell that to little children? And so I would say to you, that Mac legacy is what has brought us here today. Thank you. Oh, you just made goosebumps up my arm because we were speaking real quickly in the in the pre-show in the green room before, and I was like, yeah, I already know how to pronounce your name. It's Eileen. I got an aunt named Eileen. And then when we come on air live, it's like Mac, and I call out the name. So I'm definitely going to follow up on the Mac family line um, if there are any family members in New Orleans. Well, I always like to say, and you Jada. know, Jackie and I. Jada. Uh-huh. 
this is Ursula. You know me and my family history. I can't resist the moment. My mother's first cousin is Mary Mack. Mack, Mack. So we got Macks in our Hi. family, too. South Carolina. <laughs> I remember you saying that before. Wow. So we're just going to act like we're, we're, we're not even going to even have to act. We are all family hanging out in the studio this morning. <laughs> well, I usually love to ask um, Eileen, tell us a little bit about yourself um, with being Jackie Band Mini Stalkers, getting your uh, mini bio and everything and going through all of your business so we can be prepared for a nice conversation this morning with you. Um, and you've already started with the family lineage with your mother teaching you at a very young age, teaching what it sounds like. Can you explore some of that on your journey and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely, absolutely. And I will say to you that on both sides of my family, there have been amazing men and women, uh, but women who just instilled in us an appreciation for being self-determining women, for being educated women. That is, whatever it is you are doing, whatever it is you are doing, to make sure you study it, you understand it, you know it and that you can think through the process. You don't have to do all the work yourself, but they taught us to be able to think through what we're doing so that we can guide and lead ourselves and lead others and support others. And so I would say to you, I am a native New Orleanian, born, born to a family of, of teachers and, and musicians. Uh, I'm a, a UN uh, a historically black college grad, village University. I didn't study business. I studied psychology and wanted to be a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. That's another story. I'd be happy to tell you guys, give me some good laughs. Uh, but after going through school and uh, just looking for a job that would pay just a thousand dollars a month, did I just tell you guys my age? Uh, I could not find a job in Louisiana that would pay me a thousand dollars a month, even with a degree. So I went to the university placement office, interviewed with the folks from Chubbs, and if you haven't heard, they are one of the foremost insurers in our country and worldwide, and they struck me as being just heads and shoulders above all the other folks I met with. I knew nothing, nothing about insurance. All I knew is that people showed up when we were kids and looking for the money, and mom would say, tell them I'll see them next week. Uh, so nothing about insurance, and uh, before going to the interview, and the folks here will tell you, I ask a lot of questions before I do things. Before going to the interview, I decided I needed to know something. So I went to the library, talked to the librarian, and said, I have an interview. I don't know anything about the industry. Can you recommend something for me to read? And she said, ah, there's a book they call uh, The Bible of the Insurance Industry. Give me the Bible. I'll take it. And so I read that book, it was called Beckle Heart, and I went to the interview. And it turned out that when I met the original team, they apparently went back and told everybody that I had read this book. So every one of the folks I subsequently interviewed with said, you're the woman who read the book. <laughs> and because I read that book, they thought this woman is serious, and I was the first and only black woman who had been in their training program. And so my message is that many times we don't have mentors. When I started, there were not mentors there for us. There are many more, and if you can reach out and find a mentor, please do. 
because the one thing we can do to support each other is to, to coach and counsel and advise. But without a mentor, I found a book, I read, I asked questions, and went into that interview, and the fact that I even bothered to read the book was enough to get me started. I went to Chuck's uh, casualty training program, learned to underwrite casualty business, cross-trained in property and surety, started out as a construction underwriter in New York City, eventually went into major accounts doing captives, retro, self-insured retention, OSIPs, and CSIPs. So I've been in the construction industry now for more years than I will admit. I've done construction across the U.S. and abroad. When I left travel with Continental Special Risk Underwriters, worked on huge accounts like Bechtel and Hercules, uh, Flattery, Shaboni, major accounts here in the U.S. and abroad doing construction and real estate, and eventually worked for a French company, Societe Generale began, where, again, got to work on all kinds of construction risks. And so I've known the business for a long time. I see myself as a kindred spirit. As I said to Jackie this morning, we understand that contractors start early in the morning. We're available to be with you early in the morning. And our business, J.P. West, named after my mother, starts when our folks meet us, and we're there to help you with property casualty, insurance, surety, and other related matters. And we try to differentiate ourselves, particularly in serving other women and small businesses and anybody who really needs our support in being not only salespeople who sell you products like so many of our competitors do, but to be advocates and to be advisors and to be part of your risk management team. Our specialty is property casualty insurance, including risk management consulting, and we are licensed and care clients across the country and abroad. I think that's it. You need a break? <laughs> <laughs> I just love your energy. And you can hear that as you guys are focused on your business and being there for your clients, you're also there to teach, to bring up and to advocate in the insurance insurance industry, making sure that you are a mentor and um, able to be a source, a resource for other individuals. And I just love it. You just hear the excitement in your voice. And so I, I know you, One that of the most recent situations is we had a young developer who's doing so well and had a very complex surety situation. And so when we came across this person, we had to say, this is not how this is supposed to happen. Where the developer requires surety to be purchased to protect them if the contractor doesn't function. Contractors have mean opportunities and this sort of thing. But this is a mess. So what we found is that our prospective client was only guilty of, of being ambitious while black and that the people that they have purchased products and services for from were not giving them advice, we're not supporting them. And so we really do take to heart the importance of not only bringing these products, all financial services products require context and information so clients like you can know how to use them to your advantage. You don't want to just buy these products and services. You want them to work for you. And we absolutely okay. encourage you always to seek support 
from people like Jada and Jackie. Who are so when should the client, when should your idea, ideal client reach out to you in their process of going into a new uh, project and or starting their, their construction business? When should they reach out to you, Ms. Eileen? So we always encourage clients to establish relationships with all of their service providers, their brokers, their accountants, their uh, marketing folks. You have to establish the relationship as early and as deeply as possible and make sure that they're kindred spirits and that they're actually going to be there for you. In actually doing your insurance placement, whether you are a new business just getting started or an existing business looking for greater support, more alignment, we say start as soon as you can. The earlier, the better. In terms of our process for our clients, we generally start 120 days prior to the expiration of any coverages they may have and go through with them understanding their operations, what they've done historically, what they're doing today, what they plan to do for the future, and then work with the client to make sure programs will help them not only respond to their client's needs and their projects, but to also anticipate management decisions that will keep their costs down. Because we know that unlike almost any other things that you have to do, particularly in the construction industry, profit fade is crazy making, and this insurance is one of the biggest contributors to profit fade where you bid on your job anticipating one number and you actually complete your job and then find out you have big additional premiums. So we ask our clients, start early. Start 120 days prior, even earlier if you can. Do strategic discussions with your insurance broker, advisors, risk management consultants. Help them understand all of your current, past, and future operations, projects, and let them help you develop your record-keeping and data management systems in a way that will help you control your cost. Earlier, the better, not later than 120 days prior. And if you have called somebody at the last minute, do, but be prepared to give them all information they need to make sure anything they deliver to you is done properly so that it stands the test and, and will give you the results you want until your project right. is completed. Does that answer your question? Right. Data? So, yes. No, I said, did I answer right. your question? Yes, you definitely answered the question. I think something happened with the, the microphone. But, yes, you definitely answered the question. And as I always love to say, you already know, this is Madly Talk. I hope you have grabbed your notebook so you can catch these golden nuggets that Miss Eileen Frank is dropping this morning on us because the conversation you really need to have when you are planning your business out. So, you know, we're always preaching strategic planning, we strategically plan for NABWIC, 
annually. We have our mid-year meetings. So these are things that we do that we are hoping and praying that you are doing in your business. And if you're not, it's okay. It's never too late. Just go ahead and start. Get the pen and paper out now and catch what Miss Eileen Frank is saying because we're going to come back after this quick commercial break and dig deeper into why you cannot wait to the last minute and it's so important more details on having these types of conversations as you are moving forward in your business. This morning on Nap We Talk, we'll be right back. Greetings. My name is Kimley Naylor, and I am the owner of Nail Ride Construction Company. I am also president of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and we are proud to celebrate women in construction. I'm very proud to have formed a company that allows for employment opportunities in communities, black communities, to help elevate economic stability and wage increases so that we as black women can continue to empower our communities. I'm excited to be a member of NABWIC because it allows us to shape history. It allows us to empower women to know there is a platform in construction that is vital to the wealth transfer into black communities across this nation. My name is Kimley Naylor, and please join us in celebrating women in construction. Yes, indeed, and we're back on Navi Talk speaking with Eileen. Frank, as we are empowering women in the insurance and financial services. Listen, wherever you are in your insurance business, and let them know to tune in, listen in to Navwick Talks this morning because Miss Eileen Frank is dropping gems that you could use to help you move forward or to just motivate you in your endeavors today. So, Miss Eileen, you went over how you how you got to where you are today, you know, quickly, the, the Cliff Notes version, because I know you have some stories in there for us. We might have to bring you back for a part two. But being that you've been able to travel, work abroad, and have scaled up your business and worked on so many different projects or businesses, providing services at different levels, what does the day-to-day look for you look like for you now? I saw that question, and I said, oh, my goodness. So uh, I am a small business owner, and although we are licensed in all states and handle some fairly large accounts, day-to-day is pretty much the same as it is for each of you who are entrepreneurs. It's an early start. It's usually uh, – and I, I would say I, I end the day by looking at my calendar to see what's on the agenda for the next day, and making sure that I've kind of locked in my head to what I have to be prepared to do and who's uh, who I have to meet and is there something that I should be reading over the night before or preparing. And I look out into a couple of days, there's anything I should be talking based with the team with on the next day to prepare for future days and for the following week. So that's a each morning, each afternoon activity. I check my emails early. Uh, do some phone calls early, and then generally the meetings start. I have clients who 
like you are either in the construction business or real estate management business or we do number of clients who are uh, public entities and uh, they start early so we start early. We're on the phone talking to risk managers. We're on the phone talking to underwriters. We're on the phone talking to each other. That is our colleagues and young people. And strategizing is what we need to do to be able to get a certain client's program structured. Uh, where do we go to, to, to make sure they're getting the best service, the best coverage, the best pricing, uh, planning what we are going to do for those folks who come up in the next 90 to 120 to 90 days. And, and so there's a great deal of time that we're spending planning, analyzing, and discussing how we're going to deliver and what we're going to deliver to each and every client. We also allocate a little time because we know no matter what we do, no matter how well we plan, we know that somebody's going to have a crisis. It's the nature of our business. And we right. want to be responsive when a client has a loss. We want to be responsive when something goes awry. We do everything in our power to encourage our clients to do what they can do in advance to minimize, avoid, and mitigate loss. But we tell everybody, if something happens, call us. Call us right away. Don't wait. Don't be out there by yourself suffering through something that's catastrophic or feeling catastrophic in the moment because we have not only the products to cover, but also the history of how to respond at the time of an event to try to mitigate and mitigate. We're looking to help our clients minimize the impact of any kind of event on their business, on their, their people. We want to make sure the people who work with you and for you are safe, that your guests are safe, that your property and your other assets are, are protected. And so we do have at least a fair amount of our time in any given day uh, set aside to help our clients either deal with events that have occurred or if they see something, and that's a big part of how we try to differentiate. We try to encourage our clients to call us when they see something that they think could give rise to don't wait until something bad happens. Call us now. Uh, and uh, so that's it. We're in meetings. We're doing a lot of planning. We're doing responses to events. And um, we're doing marketing and production. I've tried to do something each and every day to encourage growth in the companies. And then there's one other thing that I'm so very proud of, and that is we've actually been able to join forces. We were selected to join forces with Willis, one of the largest brokerage firms in the nation, perhaps in the world, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, to create a professional development program to bring more women and minorities into the insurance business as professionals. Our industry, like so many industries, like the construction industry, particularly as respects owners, our industry has fewer than 1% of folks in professional positions and positions of ownership. And so we have created a program to help young people come in and actually be formally trained and get their license working on large complex opportunities 
It's a two-year rotational development program. So I spend a portion of most days either doing sessions with our young people or cultivating the leaders of that program to be able to do what we need to help more young people come into our business. And although our program is funded to be able to support a handful of young people, we're working to uh, communicate with our uh, Congress folks and local leaders, community leaders, because we want to use this as a mechanism to bring the word to many young people. We need more young black women and women and men who've been left out of the process to come into the industry. Our industry is great. It needs brains. It needs leadership. It needs hard workers. And we're doing what we can to help attract and develop young people to come into the industry. Yes, yes, and yes, I'm waving my insurance flag over here just so proud because everything you said is so true. I like to say it's called, like, when somebody asks, what is your day like, it's like putting out mini fires all day. I just wake up happy to put out mini fires all day. If not, I'm just waiting to put out the next little mini fire because you are so used to providing solutions and providing your services, um, and that the day does start early. And, yes, we do need more um, young people or just more individuals in the insurance game, period. And most of all, Eileen, don't forget to mention it's residual income. Well, it's true. If you're in On the flip side of it, for some, it's residual income. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the property casualty business and you develop relationships with your clients, when we develop relationships with contractors or with project owners who are building one of our largest construction risks is a hospital system that's building, you know, a $700 million um, uh, doing renovations and upgrades um, funded by the state to really uh, transition the quality of care in their uh, community catchment. And so when we work with folks in these types of projects, uh, we're making a difference. We're helping to save every penny to actually go to the work that's being done and to facilitate the growth and being advisors to those folks who are in charge of these things because many times, as you, you as contractors will know, your uh, project owner may not, usually does not do many projects, they'll build one hospital, they'll build one new home, mm -hmm. they'll build one new office facility, and you're the expert and we're your, we're your risk management and advisory team to support you in that. But it is residual income because if we're successful in helping you do well on that job, you get referrals, you get other opportunities, and we want to be there with you for the long haul. So generally, once a client becomes our client, we try to keep them as client forever. Our longest-standing client is New York City Housing Authority, and we have served them for 19 years. We've been in business for 23 years. We were eligible to, uh, to apply to that business after we had been in business for three years. We have served them without limitation, and we have been blessed to be able to continue to be of service. And I think it's in part because we get so much more than the documents and the scope specifies. Our goal is to truly be a part of our client's team, and we found by doing that we're rewarded and we get to stay with clients for the long haul 
And therefore, as we grow our book of business, we can attract more young people, we can train, and we can build our own community by service. And there's one other thing I want to share with you. It is so important that we do business with each other and support each other because we not only help our own businesses to grow, but it does position us to reinvest in our community. One of my greatest dreams would be to start an insurance purchasing program for some of our associations like the American African-American Mayors and some of the other organizations where there are significant buyers, decision makers, and we can come in and actually use those resources to help them be able to invest in businesses like your businesses locally. So if we have the leadership on the political side and we have the financial wherewithal, we aggregate our purchasing power, we can make a difference in our communities, not to discriminate against other people, but to demonstrate there are ways to grow our community, include everybody. So, a day in the life of my new friend. <laughs> and that is a busy day. Listen, I hope you have caught all of these golden nuggets that have been dropped this morning. But most of all, I love the fact that the energy, the enthusiasm, and you've been able to break down the different services providing that your goals for your clients. Um, that you are providing for your clients. We also have in the studio this morning, Gerald Barnes. Good morning, Gerald. I know you are jumping off your seat to join in the conversation. I was just enjoying, and great job, great work, and I'm glad you are part of NAVWIC now. Thank you. Yes, we are so excited that you are part of NAVWIC and being one of our new members. What would you say – to our new listeners, um, of course, we have some NABWIC members that are that are always chiming in and listening in this morning. But being that you are a new member of NABWIC, what did you see and why did you want to become a member of NABWIC? Then the general brought it up. Thank you, Jerry. Well, I have to say, I've been watching various uh, invites and, and what have you from NABWIC for a while. And because I am mm-hmm. and view myself as a construction specialist with a great deal of experience, I've always thought it was a great alignment. But my adage about being a business manager, leader, chief cook, bottle washer, person responsible for getting things done has been keep your eye on the prize. And so coming to NABWIC now has been a combination of, one, seeing all the remarkable things that you guys are doing, and two, having Bonnie Boone and Tracy Adadichi join our team so that we have more bench strength and more senior-level power to be able to be, if you will, a driver, given the opportunity to serve uh, clients that we might meet by virtue of our participation in NetWare. So the answer to the question is, Network is doing some of the things that we need to have done as a community, encouraging more women to come into this business, black women in particular, and more importantly, because we've always been workers in the construction business. We built this nation. Let's just call it what it is. We built this nation. We built it from the east, going midway, and the Chinese folks built it on the west coast, but we built this nation. And what we have not done is taken over the, the ownership 
and the management and the leadership of these corporations. And so NASDAQ is facilitating that growth, and we want to be a part of that process. We have to help each other understand how to move from being the guy with a pickup truck and a hammer doing all the work while somebody else is taking all the margin to knowing the financial piece of this business so that we can benefit from the labor that we've always given to our nation, to our community, and 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 to, frankly, uh, the folks who made all the money on our sweat. I am so excited to be a part of the financial team to help teach those business owners at NABWIC how first to think differently, because that's where it starts. We're already doing the work. We already know how to construct things. We already know how to get the job done. We already know how to do it the best it can be done. But how to think differently, how to purchase supplies and how to purchase labor differently, how to manage losses and avoid those things that eat away our profits and to benefit from those profits and to be the decision maker who determines who else gets hired and to, to, to be able to drive the process. We want to be part of the solution where people are told they need surety bonding or they need to be able to insure a project or to help them be able to understand what it means to participate in an OSIP or a TSIP so that they can have the financial benefit of the labor we've always brought to this equation and be able to move forward and to teach it to our children. That's why I want to be a part of NAPWIC. I just love it. And, yes, I'm glad we we are all glad. And, you know, definitely me, I'm glad that you took the time um, to watch and see what NAPWIC was all about. Because that's what we ask all of our new members to do. Before you become a member, you know, you want to make sure it's a great fit. Of course, we feel like we're a great fit, um, but you have to want to make sure that you feel like a great fit with NABWIC and getting the work done. And with, with you becoming one of our new members, I know that the work ahead we can achieve, or, or we will, speaking in the presence as this is done in the spirit of our fearless leader, I know that we will achieve more work and get more things accomplished with you coming aboard and being one of our new fearless, fearless leaders in NABWIC. And I know Miss Ursula Odom is over there just painting this beautiful mural off of this conversation this morning. So, Miss Ursula, good morning. Good morning. You know I'm all about the story. So when you have family legacy, you have business Ackerman, I mean, there's just so much going on with you, Miss Miss um, Frank. I almost call you Mac again, but um, there's a story. <laughs> I would have answered yes. <laughs> yeah, and so what we do is, you know, there's a lot of real estate in these buildings, and we suggest that you educate as you decorate. So decorate your building with your story. In fact. Um, there's a, a organization that has a 30-year history, and down their wall, the, the hallway in their building from one room to another, we put up six panels ranging from three by six, three by eight, um, that they can walk down the hall and basically give a presentation talking about the history of their company, and it's visually wonderful, if I must say so myself. <laughs> do please do and we got to share these things that's the part we have to do we've always supported each other if when we didn't support each other there was nobody else supporting us i i just think it's so ridiculous when folks say oh you know black women don't work together not true not true not true 
We have always right. supported each other. We have always been the workers. We have always been the folks who figured out ways to get things done. What we have not been is the reaper of the benefit of our labor, the reaper of the reward, the financial reward, and many times the recognition of even our contributions. And so what has to happen is that history, being able to tell the true story now so that it is very clear that we have always made a contribution. It's just that our labors, our contributions, our 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 give to the greatness of this place and, and Europe and elsewhere has been taken from us and other people have taken credit for it. We need our children to know the truth. We need our children to know the truth so we can unburden them with a sense of feeling uh, less than. We don't want to anger them. We don't want to have them turn into mad people. But just to simply free them to be able to absorb the knowledge, have an education, be proud, and move forward. Be all about positive movement, upward mobility, and creating sound, solid, productive, economically, financially secure communities, families. And, and, and if we do that, and we can do it, and only we can do it, nobody's going to do this for us. And whatever has been said, our fearless leader now wants to join the conversation. Yes, I just, I just had, I just had a question. Uh, this has been so inspiring and so engaging and challenging also. One of the uh, commitments we have made is to build strategic partnerships with other organizations and associations uh, that connect with who we are and what we do. One of those organizations uh, for example, it's AMAC, Blacks in Airports, COPTO, Blacks in Transit, uh, NABHOOD, Blacks in, um, you know, Development, but also NARAB, Blacks in Real Estate. So I'm just curious if you, your company is involved or has a partnership with any of those because the education that you're sharing, I, I can just see the synergy that could exist in any of those other organizations partnering with you. Met Miss Courtney Rose on Monday night. She was here in New York City. Courtney Rose, as those of you may know, is the national president of NARAP. NARAP has started to help two million black families buy yes. homes yes. for the next few years. They've aligned with Delta Sigma Theta, Alpha Phi Alpha, a number of the other fraternities and sororities. They've aligned with uh, one of the big banks, the, uh, I told you I'm from New Orleans, um, uh, but they've aligned with Liberty Bank and some of the other folks and are committed, committed, committed to helping our community grow in home ownership. And, and to, they're also launching a program on real estate development. Yes, we are members. We're new members. But yes, we are members. Some of our folks have been long-term members and have said to me, we have to be active in this. Yes, we've already uh, committed uh, to both the New York folks here to, and to the national folks that we will be a part of uh, the developmental programs that they're doing. And if, if Courtney will have me, I'm going to be in New Orleans for the Women's Conference. Uh, that's going to be this summer, July 31st, I believe. Uh, right. the, the Women's right. Conference, it will be the first day or the day before the national conference. And then I will also be there for the national conference. 
Uh, on April 13th, they're going to be doing a national uh, program online encouraging everybody to understand the financing of um, uh, home ownership and, and property ownership, and uh, which obviously includes construction, renovation, and maintenance. Uh, so she's mm-hmm. encouraging everybody to be, participate in cities across the country. They've aligned with mayors across the country, and there are going to be uh, 10 cities where they're actually uh, going about to meet with uh, these various mayors and to come out in those cities. And here's an interesting statistic that was reported. I don't know this. It was reported in the session I just attended, but that those 10 cities represent 60% of the black population in our country. And so, yes, is the short answer to your question, Ms. Ann, we are there. <laughs> well, let me just add to that. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Uh, go ahead, please. There's something else I want to share. Now, I know you guys are nonprofit and nonpolitical, but I, w- I want to say we cannot sit on the sidelines. We cannot sit on the sidelines and not understand and participate in what is happening. The infrastructure money that was approved, we have to help our, our political leaders protect that money so we can make sure these infrastructure projects move forward. You have to make sure you know what's happening in your community politically so that you can protect those infrastructure products, uh, projects that are going to be moving forward, and that you are putting in place people in office who are committed, committed by their actions, not by pretense or distraction, but committed by action. You can see the evidence through historical and current actions that they are mandating the participation of women and minorities in the spend on these infrastructure projects. And most importantly, you have to step up and put your hat in the ring. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to participate. Understand your projects are on the horizon and make sure you're creating alliances through through your uh, involvement, NEP, WRT involvement, put teams together for these contractors. Know who the primes are and go in and meet them. Don't wait for them to find you. You go find them and put in well, your head to Let me just interject. You just, and I'm going to go ahead and give it back to Jada so they can wrap up because we're going to talk after this call is over. Because you just tap into a lot of who we are and what we do. We're not for profit, but we are highly political, highly political. And I'll say that one more time for everybody who's listening because we do also have a 501c6 in addition to a 501c3. So, yes, we are highly political. And also, going to your comment about the infrastructure bill, I personally sit, along with one of our other members, Tina White, we sit on the infrastructure bill uh, program for the EIP, which is the plan, I call it for 40 acres and a mule, to help put us ahead of these opportunities and not behind us. So I think we can both go for a while, but that was Wells Fargo uh, that gave uh, NARAB a half a million dollars from their foundation while we were at the Congressional Black Caucus. And I did have an opportunity to meet with her, President NARAB, and I was sharing last week that my favorite um, – Three of my favorite sessions while we were at the Congressional Black Caucus was all NARAB sessions. And so I think that there's a lot of synergy here with your firm and ours. So we're going to have a conversation after this one. I want to thank Jackie and everybody that 
uh, blessed us with the invitation to have you here to join us. But I think that you can also see that birds of a feather flock together, and what we're doing as a part of this industry as black women, not being behind it, but leading it, collectively, your skills, your business, and so many others are so necessary for us to go to the next level. So thank you so very much. And, Jada, I know that the time is well invested, but uh, we'll see all of you on the call after this call. Thank you again. Yes, indeed. And, Miss Eileen, you, this, you just dropped the mic on us. Because you got Miss Ann coming off of mute. You got me holding up wanting to ask you about three or four more questions in the mic when I already had two questions that I wanted to ask you before that. So we definitely want to bring you back for a part two because I want to explore this educational program that you're about to outline um, that you've been asked to develop. And of no, course, no, we're one talk. year plus in. This is a show that's already on the road. Uh, the, the show that's already moving and on the road, we need to discuss and talk about that more because that's actually how I um, got into insurance and one of my, my businesses there. So I know that the need is definitely there um, in the insurance industry and also your political stance and, and partnership um, that you have going on and the future of your company, the future, and your the endeavors that you have lined up. We want to discuss those as well. But I also know with you being a new member and putting on my little Miss Ann hat, there's, you just scream educational committee. You just scream so many different committees that I want you to just look out for and maybe drop your head in on our legislative committee, our educational committee, and we even have our, our, our youth, our, our college students. Students, um, that we work with in close relationships with the HBCUs as well, Miss Eileen. So um, I hope you are ready with your boots strapped up as it sounds like you are in every other aspect of your life to get down with NAVWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Thank you so much, Jada. Thank you, Anne. Thank you, Ursula. Thank you, Jackie. And don't forget Mr. Barnes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud and happy to be a member and proud and happy to be a servant. Yes, indeed. But I do just have to get out one risky little hard question. And you're an insurance leader, so I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll take the risk, right? Hold that thought. I'll get back to you. <laughs> We answering this question. What book are you reading that makes you do what it is you're doing to keep you energetic or whatever? What are you reading these days? We love to hear what our our leaders are reading. That you know that's a I, I have outside of underwriting yeah. and all of those policies. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I have a whole stack of things that I'm reading, and you ask the question, and you say that would be interesting to our readers. Right now, my study is AI. I am doing okay. everything I put my hands on to make sure that I am on top of it in front of the AI. We do cyber risk, risk management and have done it for a while. My sister, who just oh, passed wow. away, who was my partner and 
in many ways my baby because my mom passed away so much. Uh, she was an engineer and a technologist and what have you, and so we had set as part of our target to make um, cyber and connectivity and AI a real driver for us. And losing her, I, my heart is broken. I am just so crushed right now. But I'm trying to step up and keep this going because it was something we committed to. And uh, so I'm reading, I'm just building an application to take a course, a six-week course, and I want to make sure that I know as much as I can absorb and deal with on AI in Jones' absence uh, so that we can continue to be a cutting-edge advisor to our clients on those things that are changing in the future. This AI thing is so powerful, but it's so risk-laden. AI, 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 and I can't give you a title of a book and say, oh, this is great reading, because uh, it's not. I'm struggling with these things, but and I'm about to take courses. But let's, let's make a plan to, that I'll come back to you after I've absorbed more of it and give specific references that would be appropriate. But that's my focus right now. That's where I'm reading. Yes. That's where I'm spending my time. Yes, and I love it that you are reading everything AI, and I amen, amen, amen that, because that's exactly what I'm doing right now is um, expanding my knowledge on AI and, you know, the future and how we are going to be using AI because everywhere you look is AI family. So it's still a great suggestion um, for our listeners is to still, you know, always be open-minded and figure out or try to learn what all this AI talk is about for yourself. Don't just listen in on the news or what I tell you, you know, because everybody's experience with AI might be a little different depending on the level that you are introduced to or that you're accustomed to so far. It's so new. It's so much going on in AI and um, cyber um cyber securities and everything cyber right now, Miss Eileen. So you are a wealth of knowledge. And, again, thank you. So great suggestions. Family, we're reading everything, catching up on our knowledge on AI, and we're definitely going to bring Miss Eileen Frank back to discuss more of her endeavors and being a leader in NABWIC. Well, you already know what I love to close out with. This has been an absolutely amazing NABWIC talk, and I hope we are delivering because you are requesting guests like Miss Eileen Frank. So if you have anything that you want to suggest or comment on NABWIC, just head over to our different social media platforms, drop your comment. We like it in our DM too, or you can also email us at marketing at org, And you know where to catch us every Wednesday morning at 8.30 a.m. We're here waiting on you at NABWIC Talks to have these absolutely amazing conversations. Thanks for listening in to NABWIC Talks. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.